My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Peter Secret. Our Father advises his children a famous line that no doubt has become iconic or famous to us. Our Father said, Endeavor to be in Mariano's school. Always it is the school of little things. Endeavor to be in Mariano's school, the school of little things. So in the presence of God, we want to pray now about this school of Mariano, the school of St. Josemaria. What is this school? Do I know anything about it? Do I know how to live it? Do I live the school of little things? Now clearly this is not a school about obsessive manias, I would say. It's not about obsessively doing things in a certain way, in a ordering things on our desk in a certain way. It's a school that gives us greater vision, greater depth, a clearer vision of what we're doing at every moment. It's a school that gives us the capacity to see beyond the immediate. It's like an x-ray. You see, an x-ray, you see, a, let's say, a human hand in an x-ray machine, and you would be able to see there all the bones moving in the hands exactly when you make the simple act of opening or closing a hand, you would see the complex array of things happening there, things that we are barely aware of now when we open or close a hand. We would see the muscles, how they stretch back and forth for a simple movement. We would see the sinews, the, the cartilage, the bones, the veins, how everything is in a, in a complex unity to be able to make that simple gesture, a very small gesture. You would understand that the simple act of opening a hand, there's a lot going on there. And what is going on? What is going on in a simple act that we perform every day, small little acts of of all kinds, I mean, it's such a variety of things that we do every day. What is the kind of the power that launches them when we do them consciously, willfully, when we're aware? If we were to put an x-ray machine under all those activities, we would see that the power that generates that at least that could generate a lot of those activities, is love. As our, our Father says here in the way, in the chapter of Little Things, do everything for love. In that way there will be no little things. Everything will be big. Perseverance in little things for love 
is heroism. No doubt a passage that we that we are familiar with, or, or the passage right after that, very similar. A little act done for love is worth so much. Just a simple line. It's doing things out of love. It's that holy that is that holiness that is hidden that we all must all discover. Or that lapidary <coughs> phrase of our father in that book, In Love with the Church, when he said, understand this well, there is something holy, something divine, hidden in the most ordinary situations, and it is up to you, each one of you, to decide. Something holy, something done with love. And then we have a, a personal project for each one of us. And uh, we can ask ourselves, in the presence of God, even today, even this very morning, have I discovered that something holy? What is, what is it that I have done this morning in the little few minutes that we've been awake this morning that I have done out of love? I haven't gone on an adventure. I haven't built a house. I haven't done any huge projects. I haven't gone on inter international missions uh, or undertaking some, some, some big business project. But what have I done just this morning out of love? If you read the, the dictionary of Sedozvira, it says that upon teaching the value of, the, of the details of the small things, our father always made reference to the love of God. And that's why he would also reject anything that was quadriculado o maniatico. That is, he would reject anything that was overly square or crazy, maniacal. I don't know if we can say that. He was convinced that the love of God in these details avoided perfectionism, which can, this is what it says in Spanish, el amor de Dios en esos detalles evitaba el perfeccionismo que al nutrirse de intereses egoístas empequeñece y enrarece las personas a la vez que dificulta las relaciones con los demás. Just like we've been seeing that freedom for it to be truly valuable, it has to be connected to love. So our care and attention for, our, for the little things must be connected to love, to do them out of love, love for God and love for others. Otherwise, in some way, it will be connected to pride and could end up being connected to perfectionism, to obsessively doing things with a disproportionate emphasis on order. Lights have to be out here, lights have to be on there, things have to be like this in my drawers. And love avoids perfectionism or refuses perfectionism. 
avoids obsessive and obsessive desire to prove oneself, avoids working late because we want everything to be just perfect. How often have I worked late because I want it all to be done right? Naturally, there are many hours in the day, and, and maybe we, we just insist on finishing some kind of work that we have for the next day. But really, but really, the, the reason we're staying up after the exam or something is, is that we really just want to make a good impression. We want to shine, perhaps, humanly. We want to prove we can do this. And of course, if we spend lots of time, well, then we'll probably have it all pat down, it'll be look really good, or when we give our meditation, or, or give our talk, or, or presentation, or whatever it is we spend time on, we'll do a good job. It probably will be applauded. But it probably wouldn't be in the school of Mariana. We must be in the school of Mariana. School of Saint Joseph. He said, in a way, a little bit further on, have you noticed how human love consists in little of little things? Well, divine love also consists in little things. And I ask your Lord now to help me discover this. Divine love is in little things. My sanctity is based on lots of little things I do every day. Today. Last year I remember going to visit the Ram. And the Ram is this big museum, very close to Ernstcliff, massive building, which has lots of artifacts from Roman times, Egyptian times. And we saw a video there about the pyramids, especially the Great Pyramid of Giza, and the different theories that they had about how this massive pyramid was, was built. And clearly, it was a huge undertaking. They say, as they explained how, how it could have been built in a fairly short time, that it must have required a vast array of slaves that plus were very, very well coordinated. They must have built special ramps built on earth. That it took, the, they say that the, the pyramid took about 20 years to build. And it was finished in the year 2560 BC, so 2560 BC. And they would have had to, according to their calculations, according to the historical knowledge of when it was built, that it would have taken about 12 blocks, 12 of these large blocks to place per hour, day and night, because of the amount of blocks that there are there. So it was a great feat. It was a huge undertaking, a huge effort. And it was perfectly coordinated, they say. A really, a really great drive to complete the burial ch chamber of the queen. It was only a burial chamber of the queen. Perfect coordination. But we're happy to realize that we're not here building a pyramid for a queen. We need not, we need not wait for these massive endeavors. We just have little things, and they happen every day. They happen often. 
They happen regularly, all the time. Guru said to have the energy to put love in them. <coughs> Supernatural love, divine love. A kind of love that will always keep us young when we do them, and not obsessive, not perfectionist. You know, we say that the administration has an infinite way of folding napkins. If you go into the dining room, there's a new way that they fold them out. Sometimes they use both glasses, sometimes they, you know, there's a, every time there's a new way. And this is true. But also, they have special techniques for the way they prepare the purificators. If they have lots of ways of folding napkins, the purificators are very, very studied. And you can really see that they are prepared with love. When you look at that purification, certainly us as priests who handle them, you say, you can hear the purificator say to you, I was made with love and experience. You know how they fold them, how they fold them. They, they obviously they clean them, and, uh, and then they make them a bit damp, but not wet, damp. And then they put those damp purificators that have just been cleaned in the freezer. They put them in the freezer so that when they take them out, they're kind of stiff from being frozen, and then they iron them. And they make a crisp edge so that they don't have to use starch or other substances could, that could damage the, the, the cloth. Or the, you know. So if that purificator could speak, it would say, I was folded and prepared with love, with care, with faith. Because those who are prepared know what I'm going to be used for to touch the blood of Christ. So what do your socks say? I was folded, I was put on with love, with cheerfulness. Or if we were to look at, if, our, if the socks in our laundry bag were to be able to speak. I was thrown in here with haste and uncaringly. What does the very, what does the very door of your room, if it could speak, could it say, I was closed, I was closed today with an act of presence of God. I was closed with two aspirations, one in, one out. Or would it say, I was just closed, but I was just closed. The little stopper was lifted and I was closed. If it could say. What were the other things that I use? say about me if they could speak? What does my computer say? What does my clothing say? What does my drawer say? My lamp, my bravery, my very shoes. We today were laced up with an act of love. While we did that with a sore back. 
We don't need to produce gargoyles for building, those gargoyles that our father used to show the young fellows in Burgos, because we're not, we're not building gargoyles, gargoyles, or whatever, stone sculptures. But we put things in drawers, we, we turn off, on and off the computer, we move things on the finder, we, have I done all those things? The very things that I'm going to do today, the way I set my golf clubs, uh, put them in the car. Isn't it true that uh, if, we, if we ask to be admitted to the school of Mariano, that all those things would, would, would be, you could say, almost dripping with acts of love. But the dominant thing here is that we have to do all these things out of love. They have to be expressions of our love, which is shown also in our presence of God. And many saints did this, many saints lived this, but also many saints had to fight the temptation to perfectionism, to doing things not out of love, but out of a temptation of voluntarism or, or just doing things because there was an appeal to, to, a kind of scrupulous appeal to do things very, very, very well. In the gospel, there are those that were in that school, others that are clearly not. You know, those who were in that school, in the gospel, the lady uh, who serves and, and loves our Blessed Mother. In the, in the household tasks, she serves and, and loves in getting the water, St. Joseph, the carpenter, and he works and, and serves his family during the 30 years of hidden life. He's doing things. He's in the school of Mariana. He exemplifies obedience uh, and industriousness. We see this with the widow's might, the widow in the temple. She was a graduate of that school, clearly. Pharisees, no. They wanted to impress. They wanted to make a show of their supposed generosity. Our, our Lord said the parable of the, of the talents. The one who had received the one talent came and said, Sir, I knew that you were a hard man, harvested where you did not sow, gathered where you did not scatter seeds. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. I was afraid. An image of God that, uh, of course, is a false image of God. It's not an image of God. It's love. It's a, it's a powerful investor. But his man's master answered, evil and lazy slave. So you knew that I harvest where I did not sow, gather where I did not scatter. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and on my return I should have received my money back with interest. This, this servant wasn't asked to undertake huge tasks or huge endeavors or to build a pyramid. Or only the, that, that small talent that he had to invest it, meaning to make it grow. And you would make it grow when you did things out of love. Maybe he didn't have very many capabilities, not, not much knowledge, maybe very little time. But God, you could say, 
expected more through the little things they had. Lack of capacity, lack of health, lack of a lot of things. Faithful in little things. Faithful, you could say, in few things. In Belga Fidelis. If we think we have to undertake big and difficult tasks, show huge abilities to merit God's love, well, it's clear that we may easily fall into that fear that, that this servant had in the parable. I was afraid. And I went and hid you down. I was afraid. Of course, fear is not compatible with love. But it's not the fear, it's not like a fear that really gives us peace. If we don't have this you know, six-pack six pack body image, mentally and physically, If we, if we think that we have to be perfectly in shape, perfectly accurate, do well in everything, we may think or we may begin to suspect that God does not love us unconditionally, at least not as much as we had hoped. I read recently about one saint who knew this kind of fear that the slave or this, this servant had and fell into different forms of perfectionism, as I think many saints did throughout the centuries. And th this one particular saint I was reading about was uh, Saint Alfonso de Ligori in the 18th century. From, from a very young age, he was steeped in a, a religious worldview that stressed God's judgment over his mercy. It was very heavy on shame, on blame, and on terror. Yet this guilt-plagued perfectionist grew into a saint of towering courage. And you could say that he was, you could, you could say he was credited with single-handedly restoring a sense of mercy and balance in Catholic theology in his time. And a lot of it had to do with his, with his discovery and love of God's mercy in little things. Now, in his case, well, you know, having a perfectionist parent doesn't guarantee that you'll be a perfectionist, but it certainly increases your odds. Just as having a scrupulous parent makes you more likely to develop scrupulosity, a, a kind of phobia of, of sin, to obsessive focus on small faults, and a really wrong view of little things, of the kind of love you ought to put in little things. It's not the school of Mariana, scrupulosity or perfectionism. It would be a failing grave in the school of Mariana. For St. Alfonso's, the roots of this terror that he had came, can be traced partly to his father Giuseppe, Giuseppe Ligori, he was a a harsh and domineering naval captain who chased slaves and managed, uh, chased, rather chased uh, pirates and managed slaves. And he forced his sons to sleep on a wooden floor, to 
toughened them up. And so Alphonsus pushed himself. And he became an anxious overachiever, overachiever. terrified of failure, terrified. That fear and that drive is how Alfonso's de Ligori became a virtuoso of the harp at the age of 12. And the harp is a, is a very difficult instrument to learn because of his father's habit of locking him up with his teacher for three hours at a time until he learned his lessons. That drive is what led him to, to graduate in dual degrees in civil law and uh, canon law at the age of 16. I think he already had a doctorate at that age. And so he went on to become a, a celebrity attorney and uh, he had a very, very, very high standard, professional standard. One of the highest standards he has is never take on a murky case and pay damages for any case lost through your own negligence. So he was a famous attorney. Young ladies were after him. He had high standards, strenuous work ethic. He was, a, he was a cultured. But then he took on one case that was very popular. And through some administrative detail of some kind that he forgot or he, he mishandled, some detail, some little thing that he neglected, he lost the case. And this innocent guy went to prison for a long time, a long time. His client went to prison. And he was just tormented by a sense of guilt. It's my fault, my fault. He just couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he, just, he was just destroyed by this. Certainly he stopped, well, he stopped working. It led him to rethink his career, his life. He was just way down by you. So he, he went into a kind of crisis mode, he went into kind of burnout, and, but, but eventually he actually decided to become a priest at the, at the shock at, uh, of his father. His father refused this, but it was almost as a, as a form of atonement for his, his own error. It enraged his father. And then in his studies, he read all these rigorous manuals and doctrines. Uh, and uh, it was an ethical system that was very, very demanding. But thankfully, with a good spiritual director, a good bishop that, that uh, mentored him, little by little, after much struggle, his scruples began to recede and he began to recognize all the obsessive patterns in his own life, in his own way. And he learned that scrupulosity is not a fast, fast track to holiness or to sanctity, but just a do-it-yourself detour. That's one driven by pride, and it's not in the school of Mariano. He had all these phobias that one bishop noticed, and. Uh, 
and, it, and, and this bishop understood that it came from a distorted image of God. And, and uh, you know, that was the problem. It was, it was like a, really a reflection of his own father's human father, his earthly father, who was demanding, who was vol volatile, who was vengeful. And our Father God is loving and merciful. And that's why we can do things, little things, with love. Not out of an obsessive desire to prove ourselves to him. In Pauca Fidelis, if we do this out of love, so many things we can do. We will graduate in the school of Mariano. And so many details, see if we can see them today. Do them not out of fear, not out of obs obsessivity, or certainly not out of perfectionism. You can do them and be happy and cheerful and at peace. Our Blessed Mother will help us to do all those little things in Pauca Fidelis out of love. Thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me. In this meditation, I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede.